0: Good morning. morning. Okay, let's get started here with the scripture. Hear the word of God from Luke chapter 13, verses 31 through 35. This reading comes from the New Revised Standard Version. At that very hour, some Pharisees came and said to him, get away from here. Herod wants to kill you. He said to them, go and tell that fox for me. Listen, I am casting out demons and performing cures today and tomorrow. And on the third day, I finish my work. Yet today, tomorrow, and the next day, I must be on my way. Because it is impossible for a prophet to be killed outside of Jerusalem. Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the city that kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to it. How often have I desired to gather your children together as a hen gathers her brood under her wings, and you were not willing. See, your house is left to you. And I tell you, you will not see me until the time comes when you say, blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. The word of God for the world. Thanks be to God. So my name is Nikki Taylor, and I'm the director of small group ministries here at Hyde Park United Methodist, and so I'm also a candidate for ministry in the United Methodist Church. And so with that being said, I'm very grateful to be here with you all this morning. So let's get started together with a prayer. Gracious God, thank you for this day, and thank you for bringing us together today We take time this morning to pray for the victims and their families of the tragedy in New Zealand and ask that you make us agents of peace in a broken world. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be pleasing unto you this morning. Amen. So have you ever been frustrated with someone? I mean, it's a silly question, right? Because of course... We've all been frustrated with someone before. Whether it was someone who cut us off in traffic, a coworker that annoyed us, or maybe it's just a family member that you just don't get along with. But frustrations, they can distract us from what's really important. So, I'm a runner. And so in February, I ran the Disney 5K with my mom in, um, at Epcot. And so because it was the Disney Princess 5K, I had my Minnie Mouse shirt, I had my tutu, you know, the whole nine yards. And so the way that Disney does their races is that the super fast people are up front all the way back to where the walkers are in the back. So my mom decided to walk the race, and so I decided to wait in the back with her. And so it ended up being that we were pretty much in the back of everyone participating in the race. So when it was time to go, I waved goodbye to my mom. We were in the parking lot outside of Epcot. So it's nice and wide. I was able to take the outside, run whatever pace I wanted. Life was good. But as soon as we got inside the park, it was a different story. Uh, the course became really narrow in places and so I was forced to walk and so it would, would have been really easy and it was really tempting believe me to get frustrated at the course for being too narrow or get frustrated at people being too slow but think about how much energy I would have wasted getting mad at things that I couldn't control Like, I could have even tripped and injured myself and not even finished the race trying to get through people. So instead, I kept my eyes focused on the goal, I took my walk breaks in stride, and I still finished with a pretty good time. I didn't let the frustrations distract me from the ultimate goal. So even if you're not a runner, that idea of getting distracted by frustrations... It's probably really familiar to you. In our quest to be good employees, be good sons and daughters, be good husbands and wives, whatever it may be, we often miss the mark because we get sidetracked by distractions and frustrations. We know that we should be loving and understanding, but we still get frustrated when our spouse puts the toilet paper on the roll the wrong way again we know that we should be good employees and work for the good of our workplace, but sometimes we just can't shake that frustration that we got passed over for the promotion last year. And we know that we should love and forgive, but sometimes we just can't get over what that one cousin said behind our back. And so if we're honest, these frustrations... They feel like traps in our relationships that we just keep repeating and repeating. We have the same fights over the same issues with the same family member. We keep feeling the same pain and frustration from what that one sibling did to us that we just can't forgive. And we have the same arguments over the same patterns of rebellion with the same child over and over and over. We feel trapped, hopeless, and really unsure of how we can fix it. The good news for us today is that Jesus shares in our frustrations. I love today's scripture passage because it reminds us that Jesus had angers and frustrations just like the rest of us. Here Jesus lashes out in anger and frustration against the religious elite named the Pharisees. But why? It's easy to look at this passage and just think that it's a random one-time encounter that Jesus had with the Pharisees. But take a look at the way that the passage starts. At that very hour. The Greek used here suggests that this passage is directly connected to the passage before it. And so right before this story, Jesus is teaching the Pharisees, the disciples, and anyone else who is around to hear about the kingdom of heaven. He was sharing with them the good news that God's love is for a wide group of people, including, but not limited to, the Pharisees. He's also urging that no one should take it easy and assume that they have their ticket to the kingdom of heaven punched but instead should listen to Jesus and his teachings in order to learn about the kingdom of heaven. So right after Jesus finishes teaching, the Pharisees, who are pretty much known as Jesus's enemies in the gospels, they come to warn him about Herod and encourage him to get out of town. It's here that we see Jesus respond in understandable, invisible frustration. He quips back Go and tell that fox, Herod, that I have better things to do. So what are the better things that Jesus needs to get to in today's scripture passage? Jesus makes it clear that he is bound and determined to get to Jerusalem, no matter what obstacles may be thrown in his way. And so to us, Jerusalem may just seem like a random place that Jesus needed to get to next. But the reality is the entire gospel of Luke is a movement of Jesus to Jerusalem. Jerusalem represents a place where his ultimate goal will be accomplished, to mend the entire universe through his suffering, death, and resurrection. Despite the very real anger and frustration Jesus experienced in our passage today, he did not let it distract him from his ultimate goal. Jesus then laments that he tried to be like a hen to Jerusalem and the Pharisees. But unfortunately, that has not changed a thing. I don't know about you, but that sounds completely familiar to me. We all, Jesus included, have tried to pour our hearts out, do the right thing, extend the olive branch to the other person with absolutely nothing. To show for it. Jesus desperately tried to show the Pharisees the love of God and welcome them into the kingdom, but they kept refusing over and over and over. Jesus had been stuck in this frustrating cycle with them with seemingly no way out. Jesus concludes that your house is left to you which is basically Jesus' way of saying he's going to let the anger and frustration go. He is going to break the cycle and keep moving to Jerusalem. He is not going to let the very real frustration he feels break him from his ultimate mission of redeeming the world through his death and resurrection. So what does that mean for us? And for our cycles of frustration we have with the people in our lives I think that we can look at Jesus's passage to uh, actions in the passage today and find three steps to break our cycles of frustrations claim your dignity release resentment and remember you control you so first claim your dignity and you may want to write these down on the sermon insert provided in your bulletin if you would like Uh, but the first is claim your dignity so despite the trap That the pharisees laid out for jesus in our scripture passage today he kept the main thing the main thing he remembered his ultimate goal was to get to jerusalem he was on a mission to mend the entire universe and thus he kept clearly pressed toward that goal he knew that he was a person of value with an important mission from god and that nothing the Pharisees, Jerusalem, or Herod would do or say to him would stop that. When we get trapped in those cycles of anger and frustration in our relationships, we can forget about who we are, and we can forget our own dignity. We can forget that we are persons of value, created by a God that loves us, And that we are all worthy of pursuing the ultimate goal of loving God and loving others. We are, in fact, worthy of being freed from these cycles of pain in our relationships. And God wants that for us, too. The second thing is to release resentment. Jesus concludes in his exchange with the Pharisees with a powerful statement. Your house is left to you I had to do some searching and studying this week on exactly what that means and I came to understand it as Jesus's way of releasing resentment against the Pharisees it was his declaration that he was no longer going to let his own anger and resentment keep him in that cycle of pain and frustration releasing resentment is a powerful and a necessary tool that helps us dismiss our anger and resentment and break free from these cycles in our broken relationships perhaps your first step in releasing resentment today might be to mentally tell the person that you're stuck in the cycle of a broken relationship with today your house is left to you Starting today, I am going to release the resentment I have been holding against you in order to break the destructive cycle of our relationship. The final principle, you control you, is important, but it's also the hardest to grasp. When Jesus told the Pharisees, your house is left to you, That action was making a profound statement Jesus was declaring the sobering realization that despite how hard he tried despite how good his intentions were he could not control anyone else he could not force anyone into love or force them into forgiveness instead he was only in control of himself in clay scroggins book how to lead when you're not in charge he tells the story of when his son came home from preschool with a simple but profound lesson he toddled in after school and told clay and his wife i'm in charge of me i'm in charge of me and so clay describes that his gut reaction was to tell his son no you're only a kid i'm in charge of you but he realized that that really wasn't the case even at his young age his son was really the one in charge of himself we can never really control or be in charge of anyone else only ourselves this means for us today that we have to let go of controlling other people and our broken relationships and instead Focus on us. Focus on controlling ourselves and our responses to other people. You're in charge of you, and no one else is. Don't forget that. So who is your person that you need to break out of the cycles of anger and resentment with today? Whether it's a family member a formerly close friend a coworker, or someone else I challenge you to think of that person as we come forward for communion today in the United Methodist Church we believe that the presence of Christ is here with us in a very real way at the communion table and we also believe that Christ meets us here with the grace to help heal our hurts and hang-ups. So in a few minutes, we're all gonna come forward for communion together. And so as we do that, I encourage you to bring forward with you the name of the person that you're in a broken relationship with. And as you experience Christ in the bread and in the cup, know that God will go forth with you as you claim your dignity as a child of God, as you release your resentment against that person, and as you seek to remember that you are in charge of you. We also have space available to pray, if you would like. Regardless of how you choose to respond today, know that God is with you, And God is with you in these cycles of pain and frustration in your broken relationships. And God can and God will give you the power to claim your dignity, release resentment, and remember that you're in charge of you. Let's pray together. Loving God, thank you for sending your son, Jesus Christ, to experience the same pain and frustration we experience and show us a way out of it i ask that you be with all of us today as we all seek to break from our cycles of anger and resentment and become unstuck from our relationships in the name of the father the son and the holy spirit amen